Hear the best of Charlie Kirk Sunday afternoon at 4 on the Hill Country Patriot. There is nothing wrong with your radio. Do not attempt to change the station. We are controlling transmission. If we wish to make it louder, we will bring up the volume. If we wish to make it softer, we will bring it to a whisper. For the next hour, sit quietly and we shall control all that you hear. You are about to participate in a great adventure. You are about to experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the inner mind to the outer limits. And now, it's time for the radio show that covers just about every topic. Because variety is the spice of life. From the arcane and unusual to current events and practical tips. Because if it's interesting, they'll be talking about it. And now, here's Bill and Allison Mancaro. Happy to have you with us this morning. We are sometimes wrong, but we're always right. Fighting a never-ending battle for truth, justice. In the American way. And we are not PC politically correct, are we, Allison? No, we've always been politically incorrect. PI, absolutely. But most of all, we strive to be BC. It's biblically correct. Biblically correct. My preferred pronoun is Brandon. Allison, have you changed yours lately? I did. Oh, you did? What is it? I identify as a conspiracy theorist. Okay. I have three pronouns. Oh, you have three pronouns. Cool. Told you so. What is it? Told you so. Told you so. I like that. <laughs> I hadn't heard that. I like that. No. no, we don't practice the show in advance. I never know what <laughs> what she's going to say. <clears throat> uh, but or, or do, <laughs> since I'm <laughs> the engineer here. That's true. So That's o- true. occasionally things are my fault. Push, Some, push the wrong actually, button. Actually, so, sometimes they're not my fault. <laughs> well, I know. That's true, too. Like last, was it last week when the... Yes. We had a lightning strike here at the studio um, Friday night before, Friday night. Yeah. And we are, as a trigger warning, by the way, if you're not aware, we are non-Bidenary. Non-Bidenary. Mm-hmm. Did you see that that's posted on Facebook? Well, somebody stole it from us. I know. Somebody, and somebody I know. Huh. They probably listened to us and stole it. I'm a native Texan, Allison. I'm a Native American. You're Native American. I was born in Texas. You were born in America. Uh, But you were actually a Native American. You had some Chickasaw blood in you. I do. Yeah. I do. Probably my little toe. (laughs) (laughs) It could be. I don't know. Well, it's not not a lot. All right. All right. We like to begin our program with a verse, and this is Genesis chapter, from Genesis chapter 2. The Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. Um, One thing about that is uh, people think uh, helpmeet is the name for a, a woman or something, but it's no, it's it means meat in old English means uh, suitable. So make him a a helper is basically what uh, help meat means. Matthew Henry, whose uh, commentary on scriptures is superb, said wrote, 
and I, I've always loved this. As soon as the first time I read it, I've always loved this about this uh, passage. The woman was made of a rib out of the side of Adam, not made out of his head to rule over him, nor out of his feet to be trampled on by him, but out of his side to be equal to him, under his arm to be protected, and near his heart to be loved. I just love that. Did, we, did, did you know, Bill, that Chi- Chinese third graders are learning multi- Variable calculus. Our third graders are being taught that men can have babies. Wow. That will not end well. (laughs) That will not end well. Uh, Born on this day in 1942, July 1, 1942, the great gospel singer Andre Crouch, who is known as the father of modern gospel music, He wrote his first song, a gospel song, at age just 14. Andre Crouch served for many years as the senior pastor at a church founded by his parents, which is the New Christ Memorial Church of God in Christ in San Fernando, California. And uh, one of his great songs of many, uh, he called My Tribute. He didn't write it, but it's To God Be the Glory. And uh, we, uh, Alice and I have... uh, taken part of it for you and just to if you're not familiar with Andre Crouch or if you are you'll love to hear him again here is what he called my tribute to God be the glory Father of modern gospel music. Born on this day in 1942. 
He has passed now, I believe 2015. It's a very, very much missed. Okay, well, as you know, Fourth <clears throat> of July is coming up on, is it Tuesday? I think it's Tuesday. Tuesday, yes. Okay. It's not the 4th of July. It is July July 4th, <laughs> but it's Independence Day. That's, okay, that's true. That's and coming true. up later in the show, Allison, what have we got for Independence okay, Day? Okay, we have uh, some things that you didn't know about the Declaration of Independence. All right, that's coming up a little later in the show. And also some um, very unusual coincidences that, that relate. Oh, cool. But <clears throat> anyway, so travel um, this Independence Day weekend, which is today uh is expected to break records as people hit the road and take to the sky to get to barbecues parades fireworks shows and beach trips mm-hmm. uh the san antonio airport which is where a lot of us fly out of um is forecasting this weekend to be the busiest in its history as well what yeah how for the fourth of july yeah, i thought thanksgiving was the b- biggest I know, and christmas i know um, I don't think of Fourth of July as being Independence Day as being a huge travel day. Maybe it's, I, th- I think Thanksgiving is my theory has always been the reason it is considered like the <clears throat> highest travel is because people travel on Wednesday and they come back on Sunday, whereas other holidays people's traveling might be spread out a little bit more. Hmm. I, I'm wondering if <clears throat> so. Tuesday is a holiday. I'm wondering if. Yes, you're wrong. <laughs> Bill was checking to see if his microphone was Well, there have been occasions. <laughs> How many times? <laughs> I only have ten fingers. Don't, don't, don't remind me. Don't remind me. Like last week. Like last Saturday. Yeah, when, uh, when lightning hit you <laughs> and you forgot to turn the microphone up. Exactly. Um, anyway, um, so I'm wondering if Okay, since the 4th of July, Independence Day, is Tuesday, I'm wondering if a lot of people have Monday off. I don't know. Which means, which means, that's a really long weekend. We don't have Monday off. No, it's A lot of people don't have Monday off. because we're self-employed. Well, that's true. You know, they say if uh, the toughest boss you've ever had is when you're (laughs) self-employed. Which we are. That's true. Well, and anyway, so so the best time to travel by car is, well, this is a little bit late. It's before 10 a.m. or after 6 p.m. on Friday, um, but also before Saturday, which is today, before 11, or after 6 p.m. on Tuesday, and before 2 p.m. on Wednesday, according to the AAA. Hmm. Okay. Uh, the, the AAA expects minimal congestion Sunday and Monday. Well, so, so it does sound like people are taking a... Mm-hmm. Super long weekend. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, you think. Of course well, plus it's summer too. Yeah, <laughs> definitely is summer. I mean, thank you. Yeah. Uh, for, well, for for those of us who who are listening to us online or on our rebroadcasts at firstcoupleoftexasradio dot com, might not realize how hot it's been here. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, in the, I don't think it was official, but in uh, our vehicle, which is pretty accurate, uh, the other day was uh, in the afternoon it was 107. Said so not in the vehicle, but the outside <laughs> temperature in the vehicle was like 157. But uh, <laughs> well, uh, and also uh, we had more humidity than than yeah, normal. Yeah, that was that was that's which true. which made our feels like temperatures in the in the teens, like 115, yeah, 117. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, drug drivers in Texas who kill parents of a child will now be required to pay child support. Okay, that law was just signed into, uh, that, that bill was just signed into law uh, by the governor, Governor Abbott. It's going to go to effect on September 1 of this year. Uh, so uh, what, the, what the law says is that convicted drunk drivers who kill both parents of a child under 18 years old are going to have to pay the chi- pay child support. Uh, the law doesn't apply in situations where an adult's parents are killed in a collision. And the amount of money will be determined by an array of factors, including the standard of living the child is accustomed to, their physical and emotional condition, the child's educational needs, and uh, among other expenses related to being a parent. Um, as I say, that goes into effect on September 1. And uh, people convicted under this new law will be required to start making payments no more than a year after they are released from prison. And interestingly enough, Allison, I didn't know this, but Texas is ranked among the worst states for drunk drivers as far as the numbers. Actually, I knew that. I oh, knew that. Okay. You know, they used to be saying that something is a two-beer drive or something. But, exactly. Uh, people don't joke about that anymore. Uh, it, I remember, though, back in the 70s, where there was no law in texas about drinking and driving mm-hmm. there you, you couldn't drive drunk mm-hmm. but you could drive down the middle of main street swigging out a bottle mm-hmm. of jack daniels that wasn't illegal uh, i remember reading in the Amarillo globe times uh, an interview with the uh, state representative there and the reporter asked him well what do you think of open con- uh, proposed open container law for <laughs> texas and he said open what he did that was printed in the paper open what well i remember when we when we first moved here um we were pulling out of our driveway, and uh, there's a, a sort of a pull-off um, just a, next to our driveway. It's part of the road, but but it's still a pull-off. And a guy was sitting there, and we said, um, we went over. I thought we thought there was something matter. Yeah, know, so just we said, sitting in his car. So he said, we said, said, can we help you? We said, can we help you? He said, no, I'm just finishing my beer. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Texas. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> No, but Texas is uh, number three worst states for drunk drivers, worst mm-hmm. drunk drunk driving state, and uh, San Antonio is n- the fourth worst city in the nation for DWIs. Wow. Yeah. So that that law, that new law, that drunk drivers in Texas who killed parents of a child will now be required to pay child support is a good thing. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing. You know, we were just um, talking about barbecues. Um, this year is going to have a beef shortage. It's the, the largest beef supply drop in 40 years. It means higher prices, doesn't oh, it? Oh, prices are, are expected to get a whole lot higher. And as well, uh, orange juice. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Uh, orange juice production is going to be. Um, is projected to be down nearly two thirds from last year. Yipes! So, so expect higher beef prices and higher orange juice prices. Hmm. Well, that's uh, that's something important, to know, So uh, maybe uh, save a little money by freezing some uh, some beef and orange juice, right? Well, don't tell people our tips. Well, it's pretty obvious. Right? We don't want them going out and buying. Yes, we do. It's our our beloved audience. Oh, that's true. We take okay. care of our audience. That's true. And so there's a tip: buy some, uh, buy some uh, 
beef and orange juice before the price goes up more. You know, it's a lot now. I know. Good night. It's gone up, uh, I think, about 30% uh, in the last few months. And, and you know, the thing is, right now, they're, this year, there are shortages, both of the beet, beef and the oranges. So prices are going to go up. But guess what? Do you think they're ever going to go down? Of course not. Of course, of course not. not. They, they, they might come down a little bit, they but they'll ne- never go yeah. back to what they used to yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the law of the jungle, I guess. Well, another piece of good news. A Texas court, I'd like to lead with our local and state news. Texas court rules that a Christian-owned company can hire in accordance with their beliefs. Mm. Uh, it's, it's called a tremendous victory for religious freedom. Uh, a federal court in Texas has ruled that a Christian-owned company can choose to hire employees based on the owner's beliefs. It is exempt, says the federal court, from federal discrimination requirements, uh, which bans, uh, bans employers uh, from making decisions based on someone's choice of whatever they, whoever they sleep with. Um, so it's a three-judge panel of the U.S. Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals said unanimously that the Religious Freedom Restoration Act protects not just churches, but private entities as well. Uh, The decision means the company is protected from having to employ someone who does not share the same beliefs or whose conduct does not align with the company's views. Uh, It's a company called Braidwood Management, and uh, they're a Christian company, and they were very forthright in saying marriage is between one man and one woman, uh, they will not hire people engaged in behavior that they believe is sexually immoral or gender non-conforming. And they sued the U.S. Equal Op- uh, Employment Opportunity Commission over this uh, because the Equal Op- Employment Opportunity Commission says that bias, bias against LGBT blah, blah, blah workers is a form of unlawful sex discrimination. What's interesting is that's not a federal law. They're not, as far as I know, they're not uh, protected. protected. They're not a protected class. They're not a protected class. But protected the, classes are your race uh, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Th- th- things that you're born with that you can't control. Mm. Thank you, Elsa. Yeah. So the U.S. Uh, Equal Opportunity, Empl- um, Opportunity Commission, Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, just enforces this non-law. Just decides that it's the law. So, uh, but the good news is that. Federal court in Texas, U.S. Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, says you can refuse to hire employees whose lifestyle you disagree with. So, thank you, Texas Fifth Court of Appeals. Well, this is the official state song of Texas, isn't it, Allison? Speaking of official things. And I play it every week. Okay, when we come back, we're going to be talking about events coming up in the Hill Country that you need to know about. Sends out its radiance to nations near and far. Emblem of freedom, it sets our hearts aglow with thoughts of San Jacinto and glorious Alamo. God bless you, Texas, and keep you brave and strong that you may grow in power and work throughout the ages long. God bless you, Texas, and keep you brave and strong. Welcome back. We're Bill and Allison. 
Indeed we are. Indeed we are. What you got, Elsa? The U.S. Supreme Court ruled uh, yesterday um, on Friday that the Biden administration had overstepped its authority with its plan to forgive more than $400 billion in federal loans uh, held by millions of Americans. which, and that delivered a massive blow to one of President Joe Biden's most ambitious policies. However, today they're talking about trying to get around that, doing something. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, something. They're, they won't call it race, but they're going to do something about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've got, a, I've got a, uh, an interesting uh, comment on that coming up uh, in a couple of minutes. We've got a, you mentioned the uh, Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, that's uh they did this uh they struck down affirmative action but they're gonna gonna try no, to that wasn't affirmative action it wasn't well the student loan thing student loan debt. oh okay the student loan thing yeah oh uh, well i'm um, gonna talk about affirmative action later on oh okay well we could save that uh well no I'll, I'll talk about it now because it's such a big story and you've got a different take on it than i do right uh but they uh the uh supreme court uh struck uh, struck down mm-hmm. affirmative action Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, universities and uh, government and those who practice affirmative action are going to try to get around it, uh, around that, and they're already making plans to do that. Uh, what is <laughs> the Babylon Bee had to say uh, that uh, the Supreme Court? Now, <laughs> the Supreme Court. Well, maybe ruled, that's what I was going to say. Oh, that's what you got. Okay, I don't know. Well, well, no, no, no. Go, go ahead. Talk about it. No, no, no. no, no, no. Bill, I won't Bill, steal your Bill, stuff. It might be different. So go, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. While you're talking about it. Well, uh, that uh, Justice Katanji Brown Jackson <laughs> was chosen <laughs> yes. by Biden because if you remember Biden campaign, one of his campaign promises, I will appoint a black woman to the Supreme Court. You know, this is of course how you judge people on their <laughs> qualifications. What they, you know, what sex they are and what color they are but that's what he said i will put a black woman on the supreme court and the the Babylon b pointed out that that uh, justice jackson who descended by the way she likes affirmative action she is a product of affirmative action herself mm-hmm. she should have recused herself <laughs> from the decision yeah the, the 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 story is in an extremely awkward moment six supreme court justices ruled that affirmative action is unconstitutional completely forgetting that affirmative action hire Katanji Brown-Jackson was sitting right there next to them. (laughs) Well, this is kind of an uncomfortable situation, said Chief Justice John Roberts. No no hard feelings. Okay, Katanji. (laughs) Oh, that's cool. That is so funny. Babylon B, if you don't know them. We, uh, we've got an interview coming up uh, pretty soon, not today, but pretty soon, with the, with the editor-in-chief of the Babylon B. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's Babylon B, and it's B-A-B-Y-L-O-N-B-E-E, like the insect.com. It's got some great, great stuff. Well, another thing they said about that story, today is a sad day for anyone who was hired strictly based on their race, gender, and sexual orientation rather than qualifications, said White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre, <laughs> who was hired strictly based on her race, gender, and sexual orientation ra- right. rather than qualifications. Well, she's obviously not qualified. She's a blithering yeah. idiot. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. And she said, oh, crap, now this is awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Vice President Kamala Harris, also an identity hire with no qualifications, <laughs> weighed in as well. <laughs> yeah, they're all products of affirmative action, but they're, you know, that's uh, that's wild. Well, Charles Payne, who's a, a business editor 
uh, on Fox News, got his own program, uh, had this to say about the court's ruling on affirmative action. And he's black. Mm -hmm. How is this fair to bar students who have worked their ass off to get the best grades out there, to sacrifice so many things and say, no, you don't get it because maybe your family had money? You know, and particularly the Asian kids in this country have been dominated. But this is the best news for black Americans. It can be. It can be if we allow it, because maybe now we will demand strong education for our kids beginning in kindergarten. So this kind of thing becomes a moot point. Mm. We never we should never even have to consider things like this if there wasn't for the bigotry of low expectations, mostly by liberal cities that do not think highly of black people. Oh, they like us, but they don't think we're smart. And so the Faustian deal has always been, we'll give you a watered-down education, your kids will graduate 12th grade with an 8th grade reading level, but we'll make it up to you. We'll give you fair housing, we'll give you food stamps, we'll find a way to make it up, we'll push affirmative action, we'll get you into jobs that you may not necessarily be qualified for. Yeah, that's Charles Payne of uh, Fox uh, Business News. Mm-hmm. And uh, he used a phrase that Fox I thought News was... business. Mm-hmm. I thought, thought it was very good. Bigotry of low expectations. The mm-hmm. bigotry of low expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, That's absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah. Liberals want to keep... Democrats want to keep black people in their place. Keep them mm-hmm. on the plantation. Because they think they're stupid. They do. And they want to keep them in their... You know, on the plantation. Uh, just, lo- you know, make sure they vote Democrat. And we'll give you more welfare. And uh, we won't expect much of you. Because after all, we're... They're racists. Mm-hmm. Bottom line, they're exactly. racist. Exactly. Yeah, they they keep them down. Uh, so that's what you got. Well, well, coming up on the Bill and Allison show. Okay, things that you didn't know about the dec- Declaration of Independence. That is coming up since uh, the Independence Day is coming up this Tuesday. We thought you would like to hear some things that you probably don't know, and some of history's strangest coincidences. Ooh, I'm looking for. I didn't know about that. We have that. No, no, no. That's cool. We do. I didn't know we about do. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we'll we'll do that and a whole lot more on the Bill and Allison show when we come back after uh, we've got a news break. Mm-hmm. And uh, but doesn't take long for us to come back and we've got so much to talk about. But that's that's one of the things. For example, Independence Day is not- now the first couple of Texas radio. Here's Bill and Allison Mencaro. Welcome back. We're Bill and Allison. Am I supposed to say something? <laughs> okay. Okay. Here's well, don't the... we have Tucker Carlson coming up? Oh, we do. Should, should I play that right now? Yeah, Tucker. Okay. Okay. Hey, it's Tucker Carlson. This spring, word began to circulate in Washington that the House Oversight Committee, under its new chairman, Congressman Jamie Comer, had discovered criminal behavior after reviewing thousands of pages of the Biden family's bank records. Now, publicly, to the extent they responded at all, the White House dismissed the investigation as, of course, politically motivated. In any case, irrelevant. Hunter Biden was an adult, so his business dealings had nothing at all to do with his father, in this case, the President of the United States. But in private, everybody understood it wasn't quite that simple. There has long been overwhelming evidence that Joe and Hunter Biden's financial lives are not separate at all, but deeply intertwined. On Hunter Biden's laptop, there's a suggestion that the two of them, even at one point, shared a bank account. And of course, Hunter Biden wrote himself that he kicked back cash from his foreign business deals to his father. He wrote that bitterly. So the Oversight Committee's investigation was potentially a disaster for the White House, a scandal. 
possibly even the prelude to criminal charges. So in order to get ahead of all of that, Joe Biden's handlers did the one thing they could do. They set up an MSNBC interview to preemptively whitewash whatever Jamie Comer might find. Here's the results of that. This aired on May 5th. Sir, there is something personal that's affecting you. Your son, while there's no ties to you, could be charged by your Department of Justice. How will that impact your presidency? First of all, my son's done nothing wrong. I trust him. I have faith in him. And it impacts my presidency by making me feel proud of him. Okay, time for the master class for free. You can audit it. Here it goes. Sir, showing appropriate respect, says the shill. There is something personal that's affecting you. Note the wording. Personal, not of public concern. Nothing law enforcement might be interested in. But personal, a sad family tragedy. That's the framing. And then this, a sentence choreographed to the letter. Your son, while there's no ties to you, could be charged by your Department of Justice. Got that? Well, there's no tie to you. So the answer is, in fact, in the question. Whatever Hunter Biden goes down for, and we know he is going to be charged because MSNBC said so, but when that happens, that's Hunter's problem. It's got nothing to do with Joe Biden. Rest easy, America. Five days later, the Oversight Committee released its findings, and they were, in fact, devastating. Quote, bank records show the Biden family their business associates, and their companies, their many companies, received over $10 million from foreign nationals and their related companies, the committee wrote. Investigators had, quote, identified payments to Biden family members from foreign companies while Joe Biden served as vice president and after he left public office. So actually there was something there. It was a scandal. Racketeering, money laundering, wire fraud. Those are some of the crimes the Bidens seem to have committed, in addition, of course, to selling out the United States for cash. So what would happen to them? Well, Donald Trump had an idea, quote, they'll hit Hunter with something small to make their strike on me look fair. Trump wrote that about two weeks ago, and it turned out those were prescient words. This morning, Hunter Biden pleaded guilty to pretty much nothing. Biden pled to two misdemeanor tax evasion charges, then entered a diversion on a federal gun charge. That's it. As far as Merrick Garland's Justice Department is concerned, Hunter Biden is done. There was no pre-dawn raid carried live simultaneously on CNN. There was no perp walk, no handcuffs, no press conference. Above all, there was no felony. Hunter Biden, who broke federal gun laws, can still carry a gun. It's like it all never happened. In fact, the Justice Department just baptized Hunter Biden. A lifetime of sins washed away in an instant. It was a secular miracle. Most miraculous of all, Hunter Biden somehow escaped a FARA charge. FARA is the Foreign Agent Registration Act, and it is exactly what its name suggests. Under federal law, if you are acting as an agent of a foreign nation in Washington, you are required to register with our government to let everybody know. Well, for decades, pretty much nobody in Washington did register under FARA, and precisely no one was ever prosecuted for it. No one. But starting several years ago, the Justice Department began sending people to prison on FARA violations. The official explanation was, we're cracking down on foreign influence in Washington. And of course, privately, everyone in Washington laughed. They knew that was absurd. In fact, it's the opposite of the truth. Foreign powers have never had more power in Washington. Their agents are everywhere, in every federal agency and throughout business. 
down to and including in executive positions at various social media companies. The Biden administration knows all of this, and it's not a problem. In fact, it's their policy. From the administration's perspective, the concerns and the demands of, say, the Chinese government, or particularly the Ukrainian government, are far more important than the needs of American voters. We're cracking down on foreign influence, please. The point, the only point, of enforcing FARA after decades of ignoring it, is to harass and imprison high-profile political opponents. Trump donor Elliot Broidy pled to a FARA violation a few years ago. So did Trump campaign manager, famously, Paul Manafort. He went to prison. Last year, the DOJ went after Trump confidant Steve Wynn under FARA. But in the end, the Biden administration overreached so comically that the whole thing was thrown out by a judge. But they tried. So as long as they're trying, if it was a fair system, Hunter Biden would be first on the list of those next to be charged with a FARA violation. In fact, many of them. Hunter Biden was a foreign agent. He never registered as one. But for years, that's exactly what he was. He sold access to his father and other lawmakers to the Chinese and the Ukrainians and countries throughout the world. There's no debate about that. The FBI has known about it for years. For years, they've had possession of Hunter Biden's laptop. But they didn't charge him for it today. They never will. Why? Well, you know the answer. Hunter Biden has good genes. A more interesting question, though, which is another question the feds will never consider, is what does Hunter Biden do for a living now? This is a man with no obvious job and, of course, zero skills. He spent midlife smoking crack. Yet somehow he's managed to live pretty well despite rising inflation. He's been living in big houses in the costliest residential neighborhoods in the world. He's been paying his stripper baby mama 20 grand a month in child support. And he has retained a team of the most expensive lawyers in the country who spend quite a bit of time sending threatening letters to anyone who asks questions about how they're being paid. We can confirm that firsthand. So again, what does Hunter Biden do for work? That's a fair question. And tonight we have the answer. For years, Hunter Biden was an influence peddler. Now Hunter Biden is a self-actualizer. He self-actualizes for a living. He gets in touch with himself, his feelings, and he follows his muse. Here he is explaining his new vocation in a 2019 ABC News interview. Mm -hmm. This is new. Yeah. Studio. Yeah. But now he's opening the doors to a place never captured by a paparazzi's lens, his refuge, an art studio where he finds solace in painting. What's the goal eventually? Um, no, no goal. That's the no. perfect part about it. It's just, it literally keeps me sane. His refuge, far from the paparazzi's lens. In other words, we're not the paparazzi, we're ABC News. What's the goal of this? Your refuge. There's no goal, he says, grinning with those fake teeth. It just keeps me sane. But actually, there was a goal. And if you didn't know what a virtuous person Hunter Biden was, you might think it looked a lot like money laundering. Two years after that interview, Hunter Biden was selling prints of his art. And to be clear, just the prints, not the, quote, art itself, but effectively photocopies of it for $75,000 a pop. Apparently, Hunter Biden moved five of these repros in just days. That's $375,000 in less than a week for signing copies of your fake art. As for the paintings themselves, childish self-indulgent blots, those sold for half a million dollars a piece. So the question is who bought them and why? It'd be interesting to know. There's a story there for sure, but of course we have no right to know. 
there's no public policy implication. It's not like Hunter Biden's finances have anything to do with his father's finances. Meanwhile, once his father did become president, corporate publisher Simon & Schuster lined up as well to pay Hunter Biden's bills. According to news reports, Simon & Schuster gave Hunter Biden millions of dollars for his highly selective account of his wholly unaccomplished life. And then the publisher lined up brainless celebrity endorsers like Dave Eggers and Stephen King to promote it. King, who apparently will say anything if it helps the party, called Hunter Biden's silly manuscript a, quote, harrowing and compulsively readable memoir. And then Stephen King described Hunter Biden himself as beautiful. Miserably, but Hunter Biden got to keep the millions, and that was the point. And so on. This kind of thing apparently happened a lot. Again, there seems to be a story here, and we think it's probably worth learning a lot more about it and bringing it to you. In the coming weeks, we will. In the meantime, though, the question is, what can we learn from Hunter Biden's plea deal today? First off, the obvious. For the children of the people in charge, there are no penalties. There are only upsides. They're princelings. They can do what they want. You are not. Therefore, you can't. You want to celebrate next year's Father's Day through the glass in the visitor's room. The rules definitely apply to you, including rules you don't yet know exist. But there is also a deeper lesson here, a more disturbing one. What we're watching through Hunter Biden's life and through the Biden administration now entering its third year is the total inversion of virtue. What was once considered admirable is now derided as stupid, if not racist. That would include achievement, intelligence, honesty, self-control, humility. Those are features of the old America. Those were yesterday's virtues. They are gone. In their place, All that we once considered contemptible and repulsive, we're told to worship that now. Here's a small example, but we think a revealing one. In addition to his many other sins, Joe Biden has hired what has to be the single dumbest, nastiest, most dishonest, most ridiculous person he could possibly find for the very public position of White House press secretary. There's a point to it, of course. It was a humiliation exercise. It was designed to degrade the country and dispirit the rest of us. That's the White House press secretary? Shut up! But here's the thing. The White House press secretary herself has no idea why she's in the job. She thinks she's amazing. Here she is in a clip we just saw. A year in this role, there's been a couple of things that I that has made me incredibly proud. Many things, many things that made me incredibly proud to be at that podium uh, during this historic moment. Again, this is a historic administration. I'm a historic figure, and I certainly walk in history every day. I'm a historic figure? <laughs> Imagine saying that. I'm a historic figure, but she does. And she says it in a burst of sincere self-congratulation marked by her signature bad grammar. Illiterate, but proud. Of course she's proud. Corinne Jean-Pierre is now a historic figure, just like Hunter Biden is now an important artist. It makes you feel stupid for going to work. Okay, you might think you're saving money by washing your dishes by hand, but guess what? You're not. Um, you think you're saving water and electric bills? However... Dishwashers use less water and energy than hand washing, making them a more cost-effective option in the long run. 
Also, hand washing can can lead to uh, broken dishes, chip glasses. And I, frankly, I think that's the only way I've ever broken um, glassware. Yeah, I don't is, recall is doing anything. it by hand, like banging it against the sink or something like or that. Actually, you know, water's hot and you drop it or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Did you know uh, you should not? Also, you should not scrape a lot of food and stuff or, mm-hmm. or pre-wash your dishes mm-hmm. um, because uh, the dishwashing detergents work better if there's some food in the in the dishwasher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently their their enzymes work off the food. Hmm. Well, you know, we were, we were talking about Supreme Court recently, a few minutes ago, and um, uh, Clarence Thomas, who is now on the Supreme Court. It was very controversial when when he was being confirmed, and uh, his confirmation was so contentious that he couldn't return to his own home because reporters were constantly mm, hounding him. And we know where I he was, was just going to say. <laughs> we know where he <laughs> a, hit out. A friend of ours hit him out. <laughs> That's right, Jay Parker hit him <laughs> out. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was a cute story. Yeah, that was. Well, speaking of Supreme Court, uh, Supreme Court held uh, this past uh, yesterday. The state of Colorado, this, you know, the the Supreme Court, there's a lot, the reason it's in the news is that it holds its opinions uh, and releases them all, a lot all at once. At once. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's what they did. So what got a lot of coverage was the, you know, uh, saying that affirmative action is unconstitutional uh, and the uh, student loan forgiveness is unconstitutional. But what didn't get a lot of coverage is the Supreme Court ruling that the state of Colorado which means, since it's the U.S. Supreme Court, uh, it means for, for the entire nation, but it's, it's a, it was a Colorado case that they ruled, but it's more than just uh, Colorado affects the entire nation. No government, no, no uh, civil government in the United States can force a website designer, and presumably anybody else, to create, but this case was about a website designer but it it will apply to everybody else cannot be forced to create messages that support same-sex marriages if they are against the designer's religious beliefs mm-hmm. under the first amendment mm-hmm. so that didn't get much press but uh it's a victory for free speech and the uh, the three democrats on the supreme court uh wanted to force this website designer to to uh, create messages supporting same-sex marriages, mm-hmm. and uh, the Republican majority, a Republican-appointed majority, uh, said, "No, no, that's uh, that's uh, against free speech." So that's uh, that. As I say, that didn't get much much coverage, but it's uh, something that uh, should be should be noted, and I suspect it's going to apply to not only website designers, but you know anybody can't be forced to bakers or whatever can't be forced to uh, do. Something that uh, violates their uh, their beliefs. Okay, just just this past week, um, President Biden raised new concerns about his mental status. Uh, he was on a live t- TV interview on MSNBC's Deadline, and which was finishing up a very softball interview with the president when Biden slowly rose to get out of his seat. I saw that video. <laughs> he just walked off in the exactly. middle of the interview. And exactly. he wasn't mad or anything. It yeah. was just like he didn't know where he was. Exactly. Um, and the interviewer said, don't go anywhere. Uh, it's it's a very exciting day around here. 
Well, she wasn't she, talking to the president. No, she said, don't she go said, anywhere. She said to her audience. It's funny. I'm surprised she didn't say it to Biden. <laughs> don't go anywhere. Get back here. <laughs> okay. D- d- during the interview, um, Biden experienced several uncomfortable moments, one of w- which was when he mistakenly interchanged the Declaration of Independence and Constitution while discussing the Supreme Court decision on the unconstitutionality of race-based college admissions. And we're going to be talking about the uh, Declaration of Independence uh, probably after news break. Um, But uh, Biden said, and I'm quoting, its value system is different and its respect for our institutions is different. Uh, Biden said, referring to the Supreme Court, and in that sense, it's not as embracing of all what I think the con- Constitution says, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men and women are created equal, endowed by their Creator. It's the uniqueness of America. We've never fully lived up to it. We've never walked away from it. And this court seems to say, "No, that's always not always the case." <laughs> I'm, I'm quoting him. I'm quoting. Yeah, I know. I'm not well, making this up. First of all, first he, of all, okay. He says, he said that's not always the case. The idea that there's no right of privacy in the Constitution, giving states power that we fought a war over in 1960. You know, I think I think this, is, this is not your father's Republican Party. What? Yeah. Uh, fought a war in 1960. 1960. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the... What, that was... Uh, we weren't, we weren't probably, even in Vietnam in 1960. We were not fighting a war in 1960. I suspect he's referring to the, to the Civil War. 1860. Yeah, but also the, this... That when he quotes, all men and women are created equal, that's not part of it. Men are considered, in that language, uh, that's everybody, women included. But that's from the Declaration of Independence, exactly. not from the Constitution. Exactly right. But here exactly we have President right. of the United States who doesn't even know the Constitution <laughs> or the difference between it and the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. Holy moly. Exactly. Uh, I want to get a quick little story in before we uh, um, do our next larger one. Democrat-run New York City is ready to hit residents and visitors alike with a congestion charge. First in the nation plan to impose big tolls to drive into Manhattan. Up to $23 per car, per vehicle, just to drive into Manhattan. Oh, my gosh. Um, London, Singapore, and Stockholm do the same thing. Uh, And uh, this news was announced within hours. We have a friend who lives in Singapore. This news was announced within hours of New York City officials ordering pizzerias that use coal or wood-burning ovens to slice their carbon emissions by 75% or else face hefty fines. All in names of protecting the environment. Up to 100 restaurants could be affected by this new rule. And the pizzeria places are saying our pizzas won't taste the same. Sure. You know, iconic sure. New York pizzerias sure. are gonna are gonna go out of business, or you know, start serving uh, something else uh, because of this stupid idea. Remember when we were in uh, was it Philadelphia, Allison, and we went into Camden, New Jersey? Yes, I was just thinking about we, that. Yeah, we drove into Camden just to see what it was like, and that was a big mistake, by the way. We we drove in, drove <laughs> around a block, and yeah, got, no offense got the to heck any out of our friends there. who live in Camden. Got the yeah, but got the heck out of there. It was downtown at night. And we yeah. don't want to be there, yeah. uh, obviously. But uh, I, what was interesting about it, you can drive from Philadelphia into Camden, no, no stopping, no charge. You want to drive <laughs> from Camden to Philadelphia, you have to pay a toll. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> that was the first time we'd ever run across something like what that. What does that tell you about uh, the difference between Philadelphia and Camden? Uh, oh, yeah, you can get into Camden, but you want to get out, you got to pay. <laughs> exactly. Whoa. Exactly.
Well, here, here we have, we didn't recently did an interview at Echo Hill Ranch mm-hmm. um, with Phil Brush, who's a musician, mm-hmm. and we've got uh, his uh, interview talking about uh, Echo Hill Camp, and also he's going to be singing a song for us. Yeah, a song that he wrote. He'll, he'll, yeah, oh, exactly. He'll, and, yeah, he and, told us all about it. We don't normally and, play and songs. performs it. We don't normally play songs on our show, but uh, we thought we'd give uh, give Phil a little publicity. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's it's such a beautiful song. I think everybody will exactly. enjoy it. Exactly. Phil Brush. I'm fortunate that I came to Echo Hill as a child, touring summer camps. Came here to the lodge at Echo Hill Ranch on a cold winter day in December, and walked in and met Kinky Friedman and the big cigar and the cowboy hat on, and I'd never seen anyone like that in my entire life. And I decided that would be the summer camp I would go to. All the other ones were quite forgettable. There was a personality here that attracted me. I was fortunate to be a camper and counselor here at Echo Hill for 15 years. When the Echo Hill Gold Star Camp uh, began to formulate and reopened, I was excited to be a part of the camp and watch it get revitalized for such a wonderful purpose. One of the most uh, impactful things is not only the campers getting finding a place where they're around other children with uh, similar life situations. But it, it, as Kinky says, it, it's not the campers who are affected as much as it is the counselors who get to spend time with Gold Star campers who uh, maybe a different walk of life than they're usually from. And so I've been pretty fortunate to walk down the flat and hear a kid say, this was, I say, where'd you get that hat? And he said, this is my dad's hat. And my dad died in Afghanistan, and I and I love this hat, and uh, and it's just a casual thing. The kid's not crying. It's not a therapy session. It's just, uh, and they're comfortable to talk about that kind of stuff, and, and it has a profound impact on uh, staff like myself. It provides a safe environment for kids to be kids, kids to have fun. There's no there's no therapists or anything like that. We're just letting people have a fun childhood experience here. It's wonderful this year we even have a staff member who is an Echo Hill Gold Star camper who's now a staff member working in the staff and it wasn't last year we were singing songs outside the lodge, camp songs, and last night we were singing songs to all the other counselors and uh, keeping the Echo Hill magic alive. So uh, there was one day I was experiencing some turmoil in my life and drove past a beautiful field of bluebonnets and uh, something said you must stop at this field of bluebonnets and so I did and I had my trusty guitar with me and this whole little thing came out. I remember the first time I saw you I knew that I must say hello The bonnets were moving around you And I knew that our love would grow And I Blue bonnet blue over you Like a springtime 
that I can't forget And I'm blue, bonnet blue over you And your love I'll never regret The summer we were like lovebirds Singing songs and learning to fly The autumn leaves started falling To the ground where they lay to die and I'm blue bonnet blue over you like a springtime that I can't forget and I'm blue bonnet blue over you and your love I'll never regret The frost came quickly on the window Of our little mountain cottage home When I awoke in the darkness the silence You were gone And I'm all alone And I'm blue, bonnet blue Over you Like a springtime And I can't forget And I'm Blue, bonnet blue over you And your love I'll never regret And your love I'll never forget Thank you, Phil Brush, for that beautiful song we recorded at the Lodge at Echo Hill Ranch. And he wrote that song. Yes, he did. And he was performing it. And uh, Echo Hill Ranch, which is now a camp for um, Gold Star Kids. And their website is... First Responders. And first... um, Children of children first, first responders. responders, and the kids don't pay, and the families right. pay nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's all contributions. All contributions, and they're all uh, volunteers uh, mm-hmm. at the camp teaching them arts and crafts and horseback riding and even water polo. <laughs> uh, so it's a f- fantastic oh, and chess. for chess. these. And chess. K- uh, Kinky pointed out that they're probably the only camp in Texas that teaches water polo and chess. And chess. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And you can, you can uh, find them at echohill.org. And their second session is going on right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're so inclined to support them but you want to see the camp, uh, now would be a great time to meet the kids and see see the activities. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just go to echohill.org and get in touch with them there and uh, get yourself invited to the camp. 
Yeah, we were there for the arrival of the oh. kids in the first session. Yeah, they love it. Mm-hmm. They love it. Yeah, they uh, they arrive at the San Antonio airport if they're flying in. Again, all paid for by the camp, uh, and they need money for that. By the way, that's one of their biggest expenses is yeah, uh, airfare. Airfare has has gone up so much. Yeah, so they they need help uh, to to support that. But the kids come, and the the uh, the USO is uh, involved, and uh, uh, they bring the kids into the USO area of the. Of the uh, airport and they have magicians and jugglers and stuff to entertain them and while, dogs and dogs <laughs> while they uh they wait for the, the the bus to be filled to go to echo hill mm-hmm. and the fire department does this tremendous uh, they've got these hoses oh, that, that was really cool yeah, they do it they do a salute with the it's water a, hoses it's a water was a water cannon salute water cannon is that what they call it yeah yeah they're on either side as of the, the bus, bus pulls out as as it's leaving yeah. the airport they have um Water cannons from the water cannons yeah. on either side of, of yeah, the bus. Yeah, so they cross and they the cross bus in the middle. Under, that was yeah. really, really, really cool. I've yeah. never seen anything like that. Absolutely <laughs> fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. Well, July fourth is Tuesday, isn't it, Allison? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. So it's the annual holiday, of course, that celebrates the adoption of the Declaration of Independence this Tuesday. Mm-hmm. But how much do you know? About this famous document. Well, are you going to quiz me? <laughs> no, I'm going to I'm going to ask questions. Is Independence Day really July Fourth? Actually, the Continental Congress declared its freedom from Britain on July 2, 1776, when it approved a resolution and delegates from New York were permitted to make it a unanimous vote. John Adams thought July 2nd would be marked as a national holiday for generations to come. Mm-hmm. But after voting on independence, the Continental Congress needed to finalize a document explaining the move to the public. Uh, It had been proposed in a draft form, uh, but it took two days for the Congress to agree on the edits. So that's why it's July 4th and not July 2nd. Six people signed the Declaration and also the Constitution. Benjamin Franklin is among a handful of people who signed both historical documents. Uh, the others were George Reed, Roger Sherman, Robert Morris, George Clymer, and James Wilson. But they didn't sign the Declaration on July 4th. Once the Congress approved the actual Declaration of Independence on July 4th, it ordered that it be sent to a printer. About 200 copies of what became called the Dunlap Broadside, because the printer's name was John Dunlap, were printed, with John Hancock's name printed at the bottom. Today there are 26 copies of that, those originals that remain. So what if I stumble across a lost version of the Dunlap broadside at a flea market? Well, that happened in 1989 in Adamstown, Pennsylvania. It was tucked inside an old picture frame, and it cost the buyer $4. That version of the declaration was eventually acquired by TV producer Norman Lear for $8.1 million. Yeah. (laughs) about that? Well, when was the declaration actually signed, Allison? Um, well, most of the members of the Continental Congress signed a version of the Declaration in early August 1776 in Philadelphia. The names of the signers were not released publicly until 1777. So that, that <laughs> famous painting showing the signing of the Declaration on January 4th, 1776, is a bit of an exaggeration. Hmm. Well, actually, the Declaration's association with Independence Day came from a lapse of memory. 
Historian Pauline Mayer said in her 1997 book about the Declaration that no member of Congress recalled in early July 1777 that it was almost a year since they declared their freedom from the British. (laughs) They finally remembered on July 3rd, so July 4th became the day that seemed to make sense for celebrating independence. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pauline Mayer also said that the Declaration and celebrating its signing was stuck in a feud between the Federalists of John Adams and the Republicans of Thomas Jefferson. The Declaration and its anniversary day weren't widely celebrated until a Federalist faded away from the political scene after 1812. Did you know, Bill, that the Declaration and the Constitution were hidden away during World War II? I did not know that. Mm -hmm. Both documents were packed up about two weeks after Pearl Harbor. They were given a military escort to Fort Knox in Kentucky, where they remained until late in 1944. Wow, so they were guarded from any bombing or anything like exactly, that. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, and did you know that there's a, a message written on the back of the Declaration of Independence? Message? Mm-hmm. No. In the, in the movie National Treasure, a secret message written on the back of the Declaration is a key plot device. In reality, there is a visible message on the back that reads, Original Declaration of Independence dated 4th July, 1776. Hmm. <laughs> but it's not as dramatic as the movie makes it out to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that, they think it was just added at some point when the declaration was in, in, uh, oh. in storage. Hmm. Hmm. No, I didn't know that about a mm-hmm. message on the back. Well, those are some facts that you probably didn't know, at least some of them, about the Declaration of Independence. And, of course... Uh, this being Independence Day, not just, don't refer to it as July 4th. It is the 4th of July, but it's properly called Independence Day, where we celebrate the independence mm-hmm. of the United States from the, actually from the colonies, uh, not the United States, but the colonies uh, from Britain. There was no United States. And actually, uh, they weren't united. The, uh, for a long time, even after uh, uh, the Constitution was written, forming uh, the United States. It, the the term was used, these United States, not the United mm-hmm. States. And it wasn't until the Civil War that the term, the United States, came into being, mm-hmm. because they considered themselves in, free and independent states, as it mm-hmm. says in the in the Declaration of Independence. And uh, well, they were bound by a common uh, interest in uh, a federal government. They still considered the states to be sovereign, and. Uh, course that's what the uh what the war of northern aggression was was uh, all about or as granny said on the beverly hillbillies <laughs> the war between the north and, and america <laughs> well did you know that john adams and thomas jefferson both died on the 50th anniversary of independence day wow how about that wow and um well, didn't one of them say yes the other lived Wait, i can't remember who said which yeah it was adams said Thomas Jefferson survives. Wow. Not realizing that his old friend and former rival had passed away a few hours earlier. Isn't that remarkable? Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's, that's stuff really interesting to, to know. And I hope, mm-hmm. I hope uh, when you celebrate Independence Day that you remember what the meaning is. It's not just fireworks and uh, picnics. Uh, it's... Uh, celebrating uh, uh, the most unique government in the history of the world that uh, people uh, people are actually free and that was a complete 
turnaround from any government uh, that had ever been existed before and we need to maintain that and uh, not let uh, a runaway federal government uh, take our freedoms away did did you know, hear something i bet you did not know what's that john wilkes booth's brother saved the life of abraham lincoln's son Actually, I didn't know that. I know that um, uh, Robert Lincoln, wasn't it he was pulled away from a mm-hmm. carriage or something? Oh, uh, being, being run over by a carriage? Yeah, a, tra- a train track. Train track, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the train suddenly lurched forward, and uh, he was spun around onto the tracks, and a good Samaritan hauled him to safety. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that was, well, he was the Good Samaritan? Mm-hmm. Yeah. John, John, John Wilkes Booth's brother, who, uh-huh. who was, John Wilkes Booth, of course, assassinated Robert Lincoln's <laughs> right. father. Wow. That is weird. That's not right. That is weird. And did, did you know that uh, Mark Twain entered and exited the word, world with what we now know as Halley's Comet? I grew up with it being Halley. I thought it was Halley's Comet. It was when we grew up. I know. Oh, they ch- changed I know it. changed it. <laughs> He was born during Halley's Comet? Halley's uh-huh, Comet? Uh-huh. And he died. During it was the going. next one? Uh-huh. Well, yeah. How about that? That's weird. you got uh-huh. some little weird factoids, don't I you? I know. Aren't they interesting? They are. They are. What's going on, y'all? I was on the Babylon Bee podcast, uh, I guess a week or two ago, and they started reading out a list of woke country title songs that uh, they had suggested for me. Uh, I laughed my sides off. Here's a quick clip. We're going to pitch you some ideas for some woke country songs. You want to hear yeah. me? Want to hear? Yeah. Okay. You can, you can pitch back some lyric ideas. Uh, I got friends in privileged places. <laughs> I don't know the second one that's referring to, but everybody liked it. Do you know me? Me and Z. Oh, is that like the pronoun XZ? Oh, me and Z going vegan in the dark. (laughs) I don't know what that's a reference. All right, man. Man, I feel like a person who bleeds. (laughs) That's the woman. Feel like a person who bleeds. Yeah, yeah, Shania. All. (laughs) This is a good one. Get everything. (laughs) All my exes change their sexes. <laughs> these are all free for you, by the yeah, way. Yeah, these are all free. Oh, yeah. Work on a collaboration video with us. Oh. We're shame, uh, shamelessly trying to get that to happen. Oh, my exes changed their sexes. She used to be a her, and now she's a he. But all my exes changed their sexes Thank God we broke up back in 03 Rosanna's down in San Francisco LGBTQ Sweet Eileen is now called Steve She looks just like a dude And Allison takes medicine 
somehow lost her sanity and dimples well it ain't that simple fell in love with a drag queen oh my exes changed their sexes she used to be a her and now she's a he but all my exes changed their sexes Thank God we broke up back in 03 Some folks think I'm far right But I just don't prefer guys Thank God we broke up back in 03 That'll never work in Nashville Matter of fact, it just might. <laughs> I'll be good. Yeah, Great well, Buddy Brown. <laughs> Thank you, Buddy Brown. <laughs> he, pro- he, he provides us a lot of content. He never fails to uh, to come up with some great, great stuff. Well, I have some questions for you, Bill. This is a short little quiz. Okay. Remember, we don't practice this. I, don't, <laughs> I have no idea what Allison's going to be asking. All right. Um, the only state whose three largest cities start with the same letter? Three largest cities start with the same letter. I would say that would be Ohio, Columbus, mm-hmm. Cleveland, and Columbus, Cleveland, and Cuyahoga Falls. <laughs> Cincinnati. Oh, Cincinnati, right. Okay. The only state whose name can be typed on just one row of keys on the typewriter. <laughs> uh, I first have to visualize a typewriter. All right. I, well, there's one over here you can look at. Um, no, I, uh, I'll pass on that one. <laughs> Alaska. Okay. You're, no, Alaska. You're Alaska. <laughs> you know, I've got an uncle in Alaska. Don't. Come on. Don't go there. I've got an uncle in Alaska. No. You know what? No. Of course I know him. He's my uncle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, the only state whose capital city has a population of more than one million dollars. What? One million people. Capital city, uh-huh. over a million people. Uh-huh. That surprised me because I figured that most capital cities would be over a million. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, Austin isn't a million, um, and uh, Sacramento is not a million, mm-hmm. and uh, Albany is not a million. Those are the biggest <laughs> state. I'm thinking of states that are okay. big states. Uh, and Springfield, Illinois is not a million. Um, okay. I'm going to guess Georgia, Atlanta is a million. Arizona, Phoenix. Really? Uh-huh. How about that? Wow. Okay. Okay. Oh, and maybe the capital of, is, is, maybe Atlanta isn't the capital of Arizona. What is the capital of Georgia? I used to know the capital of every state. I know, me too. Okay. I, I think it's, I would guess, but okay. I'm not sure. Okay. I'm not done. This this I thought was really interesting. The only state that borders six other states and another country. Um, okay. Borders six other states and another country. <laughs> it's quite a show. <laughs> I couldn't turn my, my phone was ringing. I couldn't turn it off. Okay. I just leave my phone on in case Harley texts me with... with Okay. Things it, to it, do or not to do. It borders six other states and another country. Mm-hmm. Another country <laughs> and six other states. Okay, it's got to be it's a New England state. Um, I'm going to guess that's You're six. not even warm. Really? 
Tillman. Do you an- want to another it? country. Six other states and another country. Come on now. I don't know. Okay. Idaho. Really? Yeah. Borders Canada. Yeah. And six other states. Apparently. Well, that's interesting. No. You know, they're... Uh, I mean, for example, when we went to Idaho, we had to fly into a different state. Well, that's true. We, we flew did. into Spokane, Washington. That's true. We did, we did that. Um, you know why? Uh, there, there's one state that is not represented in the Miss Black America contest. <laughs> no, nobody wants to be Miss Idaho. <laughs> there you go. You got any more, or is that it? Well, let's see. I, okay, I guess I have time for Let's see. The only state that has no letters in common with the name of its capital. Oh, brother. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you'll get this. No. Pure South Dakota. Pure. And not. the only state whose postal abbreviation consists of two vowels. Now, you should get this one right. Iowa. You're, you are correct. I-A. You are correct. Whoa, I got the last one right. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> well, time flies like an arrow. <laughs> Fruit flies like a banana. So chew on that one for a while. Uh, visit our website. Our business website is papersourceonline, P-A-P-E-R-S-O-U-R-C-E, online.com. If you're interested in real estate investment and uh, real estate note investment, we teach that there as well. And our other website, Allison, for our show is firstcoupleoftexasradio.com. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> we have several websites. First couple of TexasRadio.com, where you can listen to our past shows and uh, put them on your device, whatever mm-hmm. you want to do. Mm-hmm. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. See you next Saturday, 8 a.m. sharp. 8 to 10, every Saturday. <laughs> <laughs>